by joy podcast and this will be our final segment our final uh episode with zach mcbee uh this is our first trilogy uh, me and zach we sat down for a long time and i really want you guys especially in this third part but also go back and listen to part one and listen to part one and two um there's a lot of good knowledge uh being being shared in this podcast and, and it doesn't just apply to uh, competition coon hunters it applies to everybody uh, if you're competing with any any dog uh, bird dogs beagles uh, coon hounds fox hounds agility dogs protection dogs you name it anything uh, the problems and the solutions that we have with these dogs and some of which zach explains in the first two episodes and, and part in the three and part in part three um, they apply to all these animals uh, every single one, uh, from, you know, competition, anxiety, to consistency, to training habits, to effort, to all those things. It's straight across the board for everybody. Uh, even if you're not competing, if you're just, you know, out West running lions or you're, you've got some beagles that you just like to take out of an evening a few times a year, uh, a lot of great info here. So, uh, Listen to Zach. We get started here pretty quick, and and we go through a lot of good information. And Zach's a good resource, and so I really appreciate him sitting down with us. Uh, really appreciate, you know, the the time he took to sit down with me. And you know, well, let's say this: Zach Zach was getting ready to have a baby that night. Uh, his wife was getting ready to be induced a couple hours after we got this con this podcast done, and he still took the time to sit down with me and visit. So, thanks to Zach. There's a lot of good info here. We really appreciate it. And also, we've got a lot a lot coming up with the Fuel by Joy podcast. Uh, we're not just going to focus on coon hounds. Uh, we're going to have squirrel dogs, uh, beagles again, uh, more pointing dogs, uh, some agility dogs, some cattle dogs, things like that, stock dogs, of just any working dog of all kind. We've got a lot of interesting guests coming up, and it's a fun fun podcast to do and i really am blessed to be able to do it so hit the subscribe stuff do all that wherever you get your podcasts uh leave us a good review uh make sure and and check us out every week and and hopefully we can keep bringing this good content to you so uh here we are with the final installment of zach mcbee so thanks for listening and enjoy 
you know, spring of hips better and, and they last longer. Mm-hmm. If you think about how much pressure we, we take, I'll promise you, if Hunter wasn't built as good as he's built, he had never lasted as long no. as he has. Because I have hunted the guts out of that dog. I mean, stupiditively. <laughs> um, and Bonnie, too. Bonnie is a thin-made dog, but she's real lanky and, and uh, racy type. But their their bone structure's thick, you know, yep. their front legs. Yep. And, and uh, you know, I think that's something that uh, Barry and them guys looked at when they bred them wipeout dogs, you know. Um, I like to I like to look at them. I don't necessarily want a great big big dog, you know, but I want one that's that's uh, built good. Yep. Uh, here you're gonna think this is retarded, and a lot of people will. But <laughs> oh, I want to hear it then. <laughs> if you notice any any of the dogs in my kennel, and I've told this to some people, but this goes back to a genetic thing. Any dog in my kennel that I keep around uh, has a uh, black and white toenails. Yeah, I agree. That is retarded. <laughs> yep. Old, old Patches, uh, Doug's old female, she had like, you know, two or three black toenails on the front and yeah. they're white. Then all the dogs that I've had the well, best. Well, I wish I'd, uh, I should have called you and sent you a video of that one out of con I just stole. He have it? <laughs> he had black and white toenails. He had one brown whole toe and then that toe was black and then this toe was black. And the thing is, when you get these puppies, when you first get them, they, you can't tell because they're all no. white toenails. Yeah. But once they get a little older, the best pups I've been messing with have multicolored toenails oh that's something i and guess i'm just gonna to, start keeping an eye on that, that has now. to be a genetic thing and i don't yeah. know where it's coming from and i know people think that's absolutely completely crazy and <laughs> stupid but my best dogs have had multicolored toenails you're gonna have people paying top dollar for multicolored toenail dogs you have re- I mean, i'm gonna start painting mine that's like, the thing you like this one. you can go pick them pups out six eight weeks and you're not gonna know until no. they get a little older because they i told adam makers he he bred his uh his uh, nightmare female to hunter and she ended up having a couple pups she had to have c-section he had troubles and he kept one and it was underdeveloped and i think it had uh, some eye troubles but it's it's grew out all that and he sent me a video of it last night and i was looking at that and i got to look at that pup i thought he's got he's got a couple black toes <laughs> and i texted him and i said that one might end up being a good one well now <laughs> we're gonna have to double track i don't know i've been paying attention to that for a while and i didn't tell anybody for a while i thought people think i'm stupid well the but, world knows now Zach. yeah that, that's fine that's fine uh you're letting all your good secrets out I, I bet Rusty can go out there and look at Trump because I already inspected him. Oh, yeah. He's got them black toes. <laughs> he's, huh? he's got some black toenails. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what. The one I sold is the exact same age as Trump and Laura Lee. And I went down there and hunted with Trump. And then I hunted with Laura Lee. And then I brought my black toenail home one and sold him. Because <laughs> he ain't quite good enough. Good dog. <laughs> you know, talking about pups and, and things, uh, I was, I was talking to Scott Engel. You know, we don't see a lot of Mojo pups yeah. this way, and they're probably not seeing a lot of Josie pups right. and Hunter pups and and Trader pups and things like that out east. And you know, I wish there was a way we could get get different lines of dogs scattered across the state. Just like uh, I talked to Kevin Cable. You know, there's very few. I've maybe hunted with two or three uh, big money or little yep. money pups right here at our house. Eric Long had a really good yeah. one. Paul None Wagner of them brought. around here. Most of them, you know, I hunt with them all the time, but it's always out in Indiana, Ohio, Illinois. Yeah. I mean, the majority of the dogs yeah. that we grew, grew, grew up hunting was uh, Skipper and yep. X Junior and uh, Naylor bred because yep. of Jess and Jeremy, and then you had Trackman stuff because of Kurt was right here. And in the it backyard. was all and all Naylor bred. Oh, you know, yeah. it was pretty much all yeah. Naylor bred dogs. You look at Skipper, Trackman, all the great yep. big studs, Cornell, everything goes back to, you know, a yep. lot of Jess's stuff. 
and Pat Keller had that good yep. line, you know, the Mr. Jack and Jill yep. female. Yep. And, and there's another one, Pat Keller's uh, – I love talking to Pat. He's a good dog, man. Pat Keller's not ever going to tell you a lie, and he's going to tell you straight up yep. what he thinks about it. I always him. enjoy I got to draw Pat a couple times. I'll just, I think it was two years ago at Bear Creek I drew him. I was hunting Dream. And he's always got a dog with a big mouth. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember, because Dream had a Dream's got yeah. a great big mouth, you know. I cut it loose, and that's all Pat wanted to talk about. He beat my brakes out. I think I <laughs> treated one coon to his four, but all he wanted to talk about was Dream's mouth. I said, "Well, I'll trade you straight up. <laughs> you can have this one. I'll take yours, though." <laughs> and, and Danny Perez, you know, Danny Perez is a good hunter too. Yep, he's right there. Hunter. He's he's hunting. He's hunting that Woodrow dog. That's a good yep. dog for. And it's a blue ticket, but he hasn't strayed off from the walkers yet, though, either. No, I have him still... with a pup the other night, and he's kept his line of dogs. You know, we had the Mr. J dogs yep. here, uh, and, and they, yep. they always did good. But. but, you know, you look at it, and say you're out there in, in Mojo Country, or you're out there with the big money dogs, why get a trader dog? Because those are good dogs, too. That's right. You know, and we're out here with the trader stuff and the nailer. Well, even trader goes back to nailer. But we're out here with the trader stuff and the hunter stuff and the Josie stuff, and we don't really need to branch out either, you know. Nope. But I do think there's some good crosses that are going to be eventually made with some of this Western stuff versus some of the Eastern stuff too. I loved what Scott Engel said on his podcast the other day. Scott said that he really uh, he liked all the other breeds and everybody else's dogs because uh, he got to cross it back on his own. You know? Yep. Yep. And he said, you know, he's not dissing anybody's dogs, and and I liked how he put that. I don't remember exactly how, what he said about it, but he made a he made a point. He said, uh, you know, I'm, I, we really appreciate the breeders and stuff. We really appreciate the other guys that's yep. got other lines of dogs because it, without the other lines, you know, then we can't cross them on the stuff that we have. Yeah, and, and it just if it blows my mind to think like uh, Dick Brothers was talking about. He's got. If you look at his dogs, every dog on that pedigree he's owned. Mm-hmm. Six six generations. That just takes a lifetime, you yeah. know, to do that. And <clears throat> to me, I was I've never thought about being a being a breeder or even consider myself a breeder at all. But um, to think how much dedication and time and patience I had to be, it's astonishing, really. Well, I know at one point I had set up when I had the Delta Dawn female that Nick Kane owns now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was out of Dempsey and Tango. Mm-hmm. And I raised her up, got her going, got her started. But her and Con and Hunter, they were all the same age. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things I liked about her better than Con. But she didn't make enough trees, and I wanted to win Spring Super Stakes. Yep. And so I couldn't hunt them both. And so I ended up selling her. But my goal was always to breed her to duds because I had personally hunted and seen every dog in the three-generation pedigree tree coon. Yep. Every single one of them. It's three generations of I know coon dogs behind them. And I always wanted to make that cross too. And that's hard enough just to have three generations of dogs that you've hunted with. Yep. Then you've seen work and you know what their traits are versus owning six generations worth. <laughs> when I was listening to that the other day on Dick Brothers, I thought, gee, where's yeah. that? That takes a long time to oh, set up. Oh, yeah. That's years and years. Yeah. I mean, just of, of really being, uh, I don't even know how you'd say it, but just being true to yourself really when do you you know you talk about grass is always greener on the other side of the fence you know they never strayed away from what they believed in you know that's when that's when you know you got a good breeders when they they really truly 100 percent breeding their and believe in what they're breeding and what they're doing um i look at frank and rob giddings and all them guys up in michigan the same way they're still hunting the same line of dogs you know he told me chuck and don yeah chuck and don dunlap two of the greatest breeders ever and best some of the best pup men too Chuck, yep. that Chuck's is such a good pup guy. I want to get, I want to sit. Chuck's so dang far away. I need to go down and sit down and visit with him. 
I'd like to go over and go hunt with them. Yeah, I would too. It'd be fun. I'll guarantee it'd be fun. Them's good folks. Ryan talks about them a lot. And yeah. Talks about their hunts. They're kind of my, when I think about the, my style of people, that's kind of my style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, don't don't come over to my house when I go hunting if you're just going to come for an hour or so. Yeah, that's why I, I, I need to get up there and hunt with Frank and Rob Giddings too because Frank's getting up there at age. He still hunts like crazy. Yep. You know, and they just, they love to coon. They're like you. They just love to coon hunt. I, I mean, the hunts could quit tomorrow and I'd still hunt. Yeah. It wouldn't matter if uh, if there's competition hunts to go to or not. I mean, and see, I always thought I was the same way, but every time I turn, I can't have fun turning a dog loose. I don't care if I'm, I remember me and, and Jed and Ralston and Noe went out last season just to see how many coons we could tree. Mm-hmm. And we took nothing but old dogs. Yep. Uh, Con was six or seven or whatever. I think he was the youngest one there other than Oddball is just a three and a half, four year old, something like that. And we went out and retrieved 25, 26 coons or something like that. And I, country, he was seven for eight or something like that. And that den tree that he had made me so mad. <laughs> and then he banged around on it too. He'd done treat six singles and he banged around on it too long and he'd come treat on there. And I'm, I'm frustrated at him and I'm, and I'm mad the rest of the night. Yep. <laughs> you know? And so I had, because I'm always preparing. And I knew he was done. He's burned out in the cast. See, I'm probably never going to put him in another hunt anyway. I was just out there supposed to have fun, but it's... It's not fun until, for me, until that dog gets ready to compete. Yep. And so I wonder if I would do it as hard as I do if there were no competition. I would still hunt mine the same way, no matter if there's hunts or not. Um, The reason I I like a dog that's independent, I don't want, I want to see what that dog can do on its own, you know. When Henry and I turn loose together, it's one of those we talk for 10 minutes or whatever until the dogs get treated, and we don't see each other the rest of the night. Yeah. And, and I know some people don't, it, you know, the guys that are getting older in age, they want their dogs to stay together. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's just part of it. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I've been Fred fearing and, and Aura Thomas come down and hunted the other night and some older guys have been coming and hunting and I, I've really enjoyed taking them. And, and I think, uh, I've had to, I've had to, uh, step back and take a look at hunting because of my kids i mean mm-hmm. uh, we're talking about being serious all the time i want to i i, I could make it where it's not fun for my kids to go with me because i take it too serious my you know, kids so are already there I've, it's a miracle that jay still could not i've i have <laughs> yeah i understand that i have absolutely taken it away it's like working pups the other night there before dark uh, it's like just be quiet so i can listen you know yeah. and it's like why would they even want to go out and go hunting with me if if uh I'm telling them to be quiet every five minutes. Or, they got to really, love you know, it. I might as well let them do whatever they want to do and keep it fun for them. You know, my dad wasn't like that with us. We went out and had fun coon hunting, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think sometimes we start taking it a little too more serious, but you know, it's like them older guys come, you know, I'm used to just walking off and going hundred yeah. miles an hour and doing my own thing. I've, and I've, I've learned to uh, slow down and appreciate being with, uh, with other types of hunters and things. And they've both got, you know, we're talking about pups, uh, the Duke dog Jimmy Mike sells got's got a, he's a real solid. That animal. is a good dog. And, I like uh, that dog. You know, Orr's got the ring dog, Ringo dog. That's a second cross, same as Bonnie. That's a really nice male dog. Uh, Brian May had him to start. And then there's uh, there's one in Kentucky that I hear's nice. I haven't got to go look at him, but um, Fred's got a really nice female. It's a litter mate to Bonnie. That's a super. But that was a super good cross. Yeah. And that female that Bonnie's out of is a is a good reproducer. I mean, she threw checkers too. Checkers is Bonnie's half sister. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you can sit there and brag a little 
my dogs do this and do that. Well, I mean, if you really get right down to it, it's probably more the female than it is the male um, on that end of the deal. So it depends. You look at <laughs> some crosses line up. Yeah, you look at some of these dominant stud dogs, and some do, some stud dogs cover everything up. Some dogs stud dog, some of the greatest stud dogs don't cover anything up. They just bred good females to them. It's like the Willie dog. They bred him a lot, and he's reproducing. He's yeah. he's got a lot of pups. But I have yet to hunt with a Willie dog in our country. No, there's no there's no Willie dogs out here. Nope. And the only yeah, I can't think of any actually. I don't know anybody's got no, one. No, I don't either. Within three hundred miles of here. No. No, and I've hunted with a lot of good Willie pups. Yeah, we got to go to Indiana normally to hunt with. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, last time I hunted one duel was hunting little Willie at Kinder, I think, two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think that's. But who knows? Sometimes you draw dogs you don't know what they're out of too. The Fred Bear dogs. Uh, through some good ones yes we actually tried to breed rain to fred bear and she just never would get right there to where they could t- they could ai her you know monty gussie he he had that he's got them pups out for that and yeah there's another guy that's a, a big hard hunter right here i mean he's not super close to us yeah. but he's in our area and comes around and he's a good pup trainer you know uh, and having all them guys around that's you talk and get little pits and pieces mm-hmm. while your dog's doing this you know there's never you know, you can always call somebody. You can call Robert. You can call Jess. Yeah. You know? And a lot of them got everybody hunts a little different, and you can kind of smash some ideas around and and uh, figure out what you need to do right. You know. But you got to be open to take those ideas in. You don't have to agree with them either. It's just like you what know, I said you, earlier. You have to be open about, it and you have to be able to see the faults in the dog. Yeah. If you can't do that, you're not going to have anything um, worth hunting. You know what I call worth hunting. I mean, there's. And that, and that's another thing a guy has to do. He has to start sitting back and if if you shouldn't, I don't ever talk bad about another guy's dog. I mean, that's the one thing my dad told us when we was little kids. I remember we was coyote hunting one time, and a pack of coyote dogs come out, <clears throat> was running some deer, and and uh, we loaded the dogs up in the truck, and the guy come around to get his dogs, and I told him I said your dogs sure are junk. <laughs> I was about five, you know, six. And my dad slapped me upside the head and he said, there's two things you never talk bad about. And he said, that's somebody's family and that's somebody's dog. Yeah. And that's, you know, those dogs might've made that guy as happy as possible, you yeah. know? And, and that's the one thing you, you shouldn't ever say anything bad about a dog, especially if somebody enjoys the dog. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody flies to a different uh, drum beat, you know, and just because I like it don't mean that's the, that's the way to go or it's going to be the best, uh, I just have what I like and mm-hmm. and that's it. But and 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 my styles my style of thinking's changed. You know, if I I was sitting there thinking about hunting at the tournament of champions and hunting at the UKC world and everything and I, I mean I'll just straight up honestly tell you what I think is uh I wish my dogs weren't so independent. Yep. Um yep. I think literally I would to fit the rules situation, if I'm gonna compete in the UKC uh, Tournament of Champions, which that's one of the best hunts I've ever been to. And UKC is doing a great job. They're doing a great job, and and, and they're putting some pressure on the other kennel clubs especially. But um, I think I would have a dog that I would primarily hunt in those types of events and dogs that I would primarily hunt in the the PKC stuff. Um, Because... uh, you know, a more tree-minded dog would, would dumb me a lot more good in those those events. You know, if there's coons. And UKC's got, they're having their major events where there's coons. 
There's nothing wrong with getting out of the truck and getting a piece of a coon. No. And there's nothing wrong with going and slipping over and treating a coon by yourself and then going over and getting another piece of another coon. Well, that's something mine's just not going to do. Well, all that's doing is costing me points. Yep. And, you know, you need to kind of step back and realize, hey, um, and not everybody hunts a a style of dog. I mean, primarily the the guys that hunt PKC are hunting dogs that are a little more independent than the guys that uh, are hunting primarily UKC which neither one makes it any better than the other. But um, I, I just, I really think that maybe it put too much pressure on a dog being a loner. Um, I know, I know we do that, but also I'm at a point, and we talked earlier about how if you don't like a dog, you're not going to give it a fair shake. Yep. You're not going to, and I don't like a dog that covers. And I don't, it's not just because of the PKC rules or the pro sport rules or the UKC rules or anything like that. Uh, that sun dog that I sold would be poison. Well, the matter of fact, they bought him on Tuesday and they scored 725 with him in an hour on Friday in a UKC hunt. Because <laughs> I'll guarantee you, if you tree a coon in front of him, behind him, around him, and he's close, he's going to be there too. But he'll tree his own coon and mm-hmm. he'll stay treed when he gets treed. And I knew he'd be poison in a UKC hunt. And he'd be poison in a lot of PKC hunts too. The dog would be hard to beat. Uh, good coon dog, real accurate, big mouth, pretty, whole works, but he wanted to be with dogs from the time he was born. He did, never had a, an inch of independent personality. And so I just didn't like him. And so, you know, yeah, it, I, I wish, I don't know how many times have we lost casts where a dog treated a coon at the end of the hunt. And if we get any piece of it, we win. We win. Yep. And you're begging your dog to go in there and just back that dog, and you know he won't. And I love the guys that get so <laughs> mad that's worked on their dogs to be so independent, and then they lose like that, and they're mad at their dog. Yeah, <laughs> I'm never mad at my dog because I'm like, well, if he does, he does. If he don't, well, I had that coming. <laughs> it's like when your dog has a hole. Yep. When your dog has a hole, it will come out at the worst time. At every, every time. Yep. It's, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, the, the dogs are independent. You don't see... They might not be that great of a dog, but when they're off doing it off by themselves, you don't see that they have problems. Exactly. If they're in there running with dogs, you might find out that your dog's not as good a track dog as you yep. think it is. Yeah. When these other dogs run off and leave it, and you're, you're like, dang, the dog covered late. Well, no, that was just his ability to get to that tree. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, if he's off over by himself three miles away. Yeah. You he don't can beat and bang and, and wall And do whatever he wants. And think, oh, it's a cold track. It's a cold track. No, it's not a cold track. Your just dog's not very good at it. Yeah. But. And then come up with a coon. He and has that coon at it. the end. That's all that matters, and you get your scores, and you think you really got something. Yeah, yeah. We've all been there, and we've oh, had yeah. dog. I've had dogs like that. Everybody has. I've yeah. had junk dogs that win. That yeah. You, you know, you just can't even stand to hunt during the week, and you go to the hunts, and they never let you down. Yep. You know that's, uh, and you just you're just ashamed of them. That's. I like pleasure hunting too much for that. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons <laughs> I don't like a dog that covers is because I still got to hunt. The, I don't like a dog that babbles because I don't want to listen to them. They got to have a big mouth because that's that's the big deal. And that's the thing that drew me to the Schrader dogs when me first and Jed first started hunting is they all had good mouths. Yep. And that was something I always wanted to keep. And that's something he had and I had at the same time so I could hunt his dogs and not be mad at them all the time. It's just like Venus. That Venus is as good a coon dog as there is on the planet and I cannot stand to listen to her. Yeah. I just can't stand it, you know, but she's such a good dog. But that would have been something when she was young. I'd be like, nope. <laughs> she's got so much talent. You yeah. just, you can, uh, 
yeah. deal with it. Like you know? Jeremy and Ryan, I, them checks, they don't matter when you're cashing them checks. That's right. You know, it does to me, though, when I'm hunting her through the week because she never would have got the chance she'd have got with Ryan and Jeremy. And she's got the dogs behind her that don't have mouths like that, too. Right. I don't know where, you know, I she, don't know where she that's, might, a, that's might an not off. Even... I don't think she'll throw that. No. No, I think she're, I think her pups, especially out of this Josie litter, they're all going to have big mouth. Yep. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's Genetics... Genetics never go away. No. It doesn't matter how far down the line. Yeah, no, might... that, there could be one squeaky mouth dog in from the 1930s in there, and it may come out. That's when you like, talking about uh, Dick Brothers. He knows what he has. Yeah. Because he's got them he's all He's got every there, one of know? them, yep. Uh, Chuck and Dawn, they know what they got because exactly. they bred them in there. Yep. You know, uh, the wipeout stuff, them guys out there, they know what they got because exactly. they bred them all in there, you know. I think lining them up a little bit, doing a little bit of line breeding uh, is going to be in my future. I don't know. I'm going to try a little bit of it. I'm not, I don't, a lot of people say, well, then wipeout dogs run too much and, and this and that, but. The early ones did, but not, once Zeb 3 came along, I think a lot of that went away and they still left that stigma of these yeah. dogs don't make enough trees. So like the, you look at Suds is out of Willie and Snug. Uh, yeah, they ran too much. Her pups ran too much. Uh, mm-hmm. And she was a dominant reproducer in that. Duds didn't start treeing really until he was 16, 17 months old. But mm-hmm. he was a good tree dog when he treed, and it still is to this day. But once the Zev 3 stuff come along, and it may have been earlier than that, I just wasn't as familiar with it too. You know, Barry, of course, is going to know way more about this than I do. But those were natural tree dogs that trailed. Yeah. You know, those, 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 were, those were dogs that when they did start treeing, they were locked down, solid tree dogs, and it seemed like they started treeing earlier than most of the other wipeout stuff. He was, they was talking about, they, I don't know if it was Zeb again or one of those, they was talking about <clears throat> the dog goes out and trees a coon right out of the truck, but they uh, they got to where I think Tam was hunting. He wouldn't tree him right out of the truck because he'd always leave. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, I never treed Bonnie out of the truck. No. She'd go in there and set a tree up and roll in it. And dog was going there and tree on that tree and have a coon. She'd roll out of there, but yeah. she'd be treed by the time you got that coon scored. I still don't tree rain out of the truck. You, she you, still doesn't. That's just part of knowing yeah. your dog. And, you know, you talk about genetics. I, I just, when, when he said that, I was like, I wonder if that if that's, you know, a genetic deal, you know, or if that's something that's been taught, you know, that dog doesn't want a dog. You know, I can tell you right now, I've got dogs that will go in there and trail and be trailing, getting ready to set up a tree, and a dog's running a track into them, and they'll just leave it. Yeah. You know, I don't like it. Don't get me wrong. I don't want them to stay there. I don't like it at all. But that's just part of it. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of good dogs out there. Is that a hunter pup I hear barking? Oh, uh, that's my wife's one dog. <laughs> it costs more than a hunter pup. <laughs> I, I could have bought three coon dog pups for what she's she's got in that wiener dog. It doesn't matter to her though, does it? No. <laughs> you got you got to let her. It's like my daughter likes these horses, and you know I wish she'd coon up, but. If she doesn't want a coon on, I'm not going to pressure her to coon. Yeah, you no, know, if she I, wants to go, I'm going to take her. I was going to tell you, I was going to give you some advice when your boys and your kids and stuff and coon hunting. I have training nights and I have kid nights, <laughs> and I give my kids the option. They said, Dad, we going hunting tonight. I said, Yes, I'm going hunting, but I'm hunting a pup and I'm hunting by himself. And that's when the kids absolutely will not go with me mm-hmm. because they're not allowed to talk, they're not allowed to play in the weeds. <laughs> They're not allowed to do nothing. They're not even allowed to shut their door hard. You know, I'm screaming at them all the time. Shut up. Shut up. Quit moving. Shut up. And I'm worried about this pup, and I'm getting, you know, they're 11, 12 months old, and they're just treating their own coons, you know, and that's um, that's training night, and they won't go. 
I, what do we hunt in the night? And I'll say, well, we're hunting hazel. We're getting them ready for a hunt or something like that. Then they'll go with me because it's an older dog. It's <laughs> yeah. not a big deal, you know, and then they can have some fun and I'm not so hard on them. That's the thing I miss about drive. You know, when she, I had to put her down last summer. I could take her hunting and a few hundred her by herself and just coon hunter. She'd just stay right in there and treat, yeah, treat yeah. coon after coon. And the kids, let just they could keep up with her. And all my dogs, I don't have to put a dog lead on them. I yep. walk them out of the woods. I don't choose to do that because I think it creates bad habits for the hunts. But I'd call them off trees. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like you know, like hunters at the point now in driveways too. I take them with the kids and I don't even take a dog lead. Yeah. Just walk out beside me. And that's not a good habit for the hunts because then they get to doing. No, I've proved that. The reason, <laughs> the reason Colin was the way he was is because Jed bet me I couldn't when he mm-hmm. was a baby. Because you can't put a handle like that on a dog like you do a lab or something like that. Next, that still next be good. thing you know, you got the 15 on you and they yeah. think they're supposed to be yeah. standing there with turns, you. Turns out Jed was right, but Colin had an amazing handle. He had like 13 verbal commands and six hand commands <laughs> and all kinds of cool stuff. But. Every now and then, you run into him in the middle of a hunt, and he's like, well, Dad didn't tell me to get. <laughs> yep. So after that, I'm going to start naming all my dogs Git. Yep. That way I can say, that's Git. <laughs> and then they'll just take off and they walk into a cast. Yeah. But I, no, it's nice to have, like, Hazel's got a good handle and Rain's got a good handle. So when them kids want to go, uh, we're just trying to get, say, we're a couple months out from world hunting or something, and summer's ending. Uh, we haven't been hunting very hard just on the cool nights. We're trying to just get them back in shape. So we'll just cut them two females together, something like that, and let the kids go, let them get some exercise. It's not a big deal, and it ain't such such a hard hard deal on the children. Yep. <laughs> this hunting thing, it's like a drug. It's, it, it's uh, like I said, I don't, I don't drink or do drugs or anything like that, but uh, it's, it's my... It, there's nothing you can't tell me that the brain doesn't release dopamine every time a dog does a good job oh, you come in from hunting you're just like it, it it's addicting it, yeah. it gets so addicting like i can understand why a lot of coon hunters don't work yeah it's because i could literally give up my job to go coon hunting yeah and it's 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 something that i i'll never ever quit um you know we're having this uh we're having our third kid and i'm sitting here thinking man, this is going to cut down on my coon hunting. Um, and I'm not dis- I'm Your I'm, wife must be a saint. I, oh, she is. She's, she, and if you, if you, if my boy was here right now, you'd know why my wife's a saint. If he was a coon dog pup, he never, he would have been ne- down the road already. Uh, he, he has got another gear. Yeah. I mean, he is just, he's, he's one of those kids that you might not think listens. He listens and he's very bright, but, uh, he's he's hard-headed you yeah. know and and it's not that i we haven't got on him or tried to teach him the right thing so that's just that's just him but that's heart thing, that's heart and motor you just got to point it in the right direction that's right, just like yeah. them pups i don't want yeah. to take the fire out of him no nope. i don't it's like a pup running junk all over the country yeah. i don't want to take the fire out of him yeah you I just got to get it pointed in the right direction i want to i want to just get that yeah. energy going like you're saying to the right yeah. right spots you know um and my dad says uh Oh, he's just like he was when he was a kid. You know, I I, I, I begged these guys when I was a kid to go take my coon hunting, probably yep. to the point where I annoyed them, you know. Yeah, I um, did too. And I just, I was, I was telling her the other day, I, you know, I I thought about quitting a little bit here and there, and I, I told her, I said, I can't quit. I, I mean, I just absolutely, I could almost get sick and about half teary-eyed to think about if I had to quit yeah. coon hunting. Because that is the one thing. 
that I enjoy. And and Eldon and I have been offered a lot of money in in the past few months for our dog, and and uh, everybody says we're retarded for not selling the dog. But let me tell you something. There's one hobby that I have, and that's coon hunting. That's the one thing I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And why would I want to sell something that I put my heart and soul into and hunted so hard? You know, if I was going to quit or I, I was going to do something different, you know, people's like, well, you'll, you'll train another one. Yeah, I probably will, but it's the one thing I enjoy. Why wouldn't I want to have something that I enjoy that's the, that I feel like is is the best that I have? You know, I don't want to get rid of something that I enjoy. It's like... It's like going to a tractor pull with a four-cylinder. Um, it's hard to go from a dog that you know you have a better than average chance of winning at an elite level mm-hmm. and starting over with another dog and trying to get it to that point. It's miserable. Yes, it And is. it's sickening and it's disheartening. And that's, that's the reason I didn't sell Con coming off his first Super Stakes. I didn't want to start another one. I'd just done all this work into this dog. I raised him from a six-week-old pup actually jed weaned them too early they were like four and a half weeks old because he wanted to take them out to autumn oaks and sell the other three or whatever so mm-hmm. you know i'm over here still giving this dog milk replacer when he's supposed to be weaned like crazy and getting him all healthy and starting him and kids loved him i loved him i i, I didn't need the money as much as i needed that dog <laughs> you know just and and then five years later, I gave him away. It's like it's it's like my dad always told us when we was playing sports. We was real competitive. I mean, my wife is super competitive too. We can't even we can't even play washers together. Um, we just we we have figured out we do not do anything that's competitive. I mean, we shot competitive bow league uh, quite a bit together, yeah. and we were both really good bow shots. Um, but we had to start shooting on a co-ed league where we shot together, and our points were. We'd fight on the way home. I told her, I said, I'm done going to these bow leagues because all we do is argue about who's the best. And and you did this to me, and that's why I didn't do this. And, and it just got to the point. I mean, it's a great thing to be competitive, but my dad always said, you know, I don't want to see you ever be a poor sport, but he said, you show me somebody that likes to lose, and I'll yep. show you a loser. Yep. And, and that is the 100% truth, you know. And I keep thinking <clears throat> having these kids is going to slow me down, and it's going to. It will eventually, but it ain't. I know myself, I will make a way to do it. Uh, If I have to get up at midnight and hunt, you know, after the kids go to bed and just go without sleep, because if you don't hunt hard, you're not going to have the best or or even be in the top where you can compete in it. And I know that, you know, if if you want to do something, and I want to do something at the top of the level because that's my mentality. I'm not going to cheat or steal or anything like that to be the best or or try – to compete I'm, that's just not me i'm not going to do that and 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 i hope other guys don't do that too and especially with the younger guys coming up in today's world i think they need to see people be be legit people mm-hmm. and, and how they win and and hopefully by being you know not hopefully by the the younger generation seeing people be straight up honest and just like if you draw them taking your minus and you need to take your minus there you know, not moving your dog or saying, well, my dog babbled or whatever and taking your mind and say, see, that's the right thing to do instead of all this arguing and stuff, which you don't see a lot of that in PKC or UKC. None of it. You're seeing less and less of it. And guys are being more straight, honest. It gets better every year. And even these youth casts that were so miserable to judge just four years ago, five years ago, you know, I'd go out to the youth world and help them judge or something Mm -hmm. like that. And you'd run in some to be honest, these kids were little shitheads, and it's because their parents were shitheads. <laughs> and that's the honest to God's truth. And it gets better every year. We just had youth nationals. All the kids were very respectful. 
Yeah. Uh, everything went great, and the, even that's where it starts, you know. And some of these kids just haven't been able to see the right way of doing things. And you're seeing a lot better dogs. You are seeing a lot better dogs. They get better every year. I know that's a myth that's perpetuated on via social media that we've bred the nose out of this and we've done this, but these dogs right now are, are the, the most accurate talent at this level that me and you are hunting at consistently are the most accurate talent dogs I've ever been around. How many times do you walk to dogs that have slick trees? I counted it up last summer with rain when we was on that run and I think in all the casts that I participated in there was like 66 trees and 58 of them had coons Mm -hmm. and some of them were legit circles and maybe three or four slicks. When a dog gets treated at a, at a high level pro classic, they're going to have their coon. Yes. You better just count on it. <laughs> just count your yeah. Pee. Just count. Just count on that dog having a coon. This just like the other night I withdrew with rain. Uh, I was going to have to have to cut her loose again. All three dogs are treed besides me. She's been sitting in there for an hour. All three dogs are treed again, and they've all treed two coons or one coon apiece or whatever. But they've all outstruck me out of the pickup, of course. And so she's going to have 10 minutes to tree another coon, and all three of these can't have one. And that's that's my only path to victory. I'm not turning that dog loose again. Because mm-hmm. not only did one of those dogs have coons, they all three had coons. What I love about the, the pro classics and stuff, uh, not you don't see very many of the same dogs just consistently win-win. No, no. I mean, Z is at the top of the game. Uh, he's, he's done good. Dustin's yeah. a great handler. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot out of the – Loose change dog, uh, Ward's hunting. That's yeah, a, that's, that's a, a that's really good dog. Yeah. Um, you know, Yance packing Jock around. Jock, yep. Jock's a good dog. Uh, I'm going down on Wednesday to visit with the Ant for this very podcast, too, so that'll be interesting to talk about Jock. Dog's got a big motor. Yeah. Um, you look at I what think Joe would produce. That's why, that's why when guys go on streaks like Joe and Dom are on, or that you and Bonnie went on, and that when they're winning, when they're winning three nights in a row at a Pro Classic, or two nights in a row in a Pro Classic, that is hard that people dog, don't understand how hard that is the to dog's do. doing something yes that dog is on fire and that yep. is a good coon dog you know i think uh yeah, perryman's dog i hunted with perryman dream both nice time kenner that dog looked as looked yep. really good you yep. know that's a and that was another dog that's out east we don't get to hunt with a lot yep um you won't see me travel around a whole lot i mean i'll travel around a little bit but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fly up and down the road here you know i'm gonna go to as many as i can but i'm well, there's so many hunts I might available. Hunt five or six yeah. a year. You there's know, so many hunts available to us now. You know, we can hunt five or six a year and never get over two hours from Memphis. Exactly. Yeah. And <clears> the people <throat> think that the hunt numbers are down. Yeah, the hunt numbers are down, but there's I can go to a coon hunt within a couple hours of my house six nights a week. I still enjoy going to the thirty dollar hunts. I don't. <laughs> I wish I did. And I the reason, I, I the reason I like going to the thirty dollar hunts. Number one, I like. I don't ever want to think, I don't want anybody to ever think that just because I, I hunt some of the bigger hunts that I'm too good for them. Yeah. You yeah. know, number one. And they and that is, they've said that about me as well, and that's not the case. You no. know, I don't want that to be the case, and I don't want people to think that, but I just don't have, I don't have any fun unless I'm competing against the best. Mm-hmm. It's just not it's not entertaining to me and if i'm not having fun there's no sense in me being there I like no that. i do love taking jace and just letting him walk along with the cast by the grown-ups and getting his brains beat out every now and then you know because he's on this winning streak now i got to get him back to losing <laughs> i'm tired of hearing how great he is i like the camaraderie of going to the 30 dollar hunts and the 50 dollar yeah. hunts and and uh you know 
you get to see a lot of dogs that are, are there's good dogs. There are good ones. There's good ones at a local UKC hunt. Yes. And, you know, I, I've been critical of UKC's dog power in the past. Don't get me wrong, but th- th- you're going to run into some good dogs at those hunts. It still takes a good dog to win a cast. I don't care. It doesn't matter. What yeah, you it doesn't matter where you're at. And UKC does such a thing. UKC's have the best rules. Uh, they're the oldest registry. They are the most populated registry. You know, most of the people that, that competition coon hunt are doing it on the UKC side. Yep. And so they're great. I love it. And I'm, I keep saying I'm going to go get my five wins for the Tournament of Champions every year, and then I usually get two, and then I lose a cast, and then I get mad I never go back. <laughs> I, 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 you know, it doesn't matter to me really. Uh, I mean, I think the Pro Classics draw me to it because I can win more money and, yeah. on, on the dog and stuff. And I can tell you right now, it doesn't matter how much money that I, I've won Kuna. No, I don't. I don't ever make any money doing it. No, you're I just not don't. I mean, no. um, it's helped we, me. I mean, the the dogs have have helped us and the family. Like, uh, you know, when we sold Jane, you know, I put a new, put a new furnace and air conditioner in yeah. my house and things like that. Um, but it 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 becomes unfun when you make it a job, and yep. and, and I have made it too much of a job, probably. Um, but. It doesn't matter if it's a UKC, ACHA. It doesn't matter what kind of hunt it is. I, if it's a coon hunt, I'm, I'm going. Yeah. Um, it just depends what night of the week it is. Now, anymore, a lot of the hunts line up on each other, and I have to choose where I go. <clears throat> and I, if I'm going to go walk around in the woods for two hours and I can afford it, I'm going to go to a bigger hunt to win more money. Um, I just like... I don't like any drama. I don't like arguing in a cast. I don't, I'm not going to cheat anybody out of anything. Never have... I can't help it. That's just the way I am. I'm too honest, I guess. But that doesn't prevent people from thinking you did. You know, and we, you get that too. <laughs> I get that. We've all gotten it. But I don't want to deal with any of that. I just don't want to deal with it. I come home from the Talkhorn Classic when I was about 17, probably. And I'd lost. I'd got beat, is what had happened. Yeah. And I come home, and I, my dad said, Well, what happened? Well, I got cheated. And my dad said, I'm going to tell you something right now. He said, if you're going to come home and tell me that you got cheated every time you go to a hunt, you're not going to any more hunts. Smart man. And from then on, I've never ever, I've, I mean, I'll, I'll swear to you, I've never ever said I got cheated. Yeah. You know, there's been times I've taken the bad end of the stick, but I'm not just going to say, well, I just, I, I'm not going to make an excuse that I got cheated. I get sick of hearing that from people. Well... They did this or did that. Be realistic about really what happened and break it down to yourself and break it down to what happened. What could you have done? You ought to be able to get cheated and still win if your dog looks good enough. Yeah. I've never seen a cast where I lost by one coon where my dog couldn't have done something to treat yes. another one. They, could have, they should have treated another coon. You know, they shouldn't have took 10 minutes off here or they shouldn't have been banging around in that corn when they should have moved off and, and treated their own coon. Yeah, so what? So she treated three coons looked really good. She should have treated four. You always got <laughs> there for years. It was always, oh, PKC's got the mean dogs and the cheaters. Well, that's not true at all. No. There's, no. number one, I, I can count on my hand how many dogs I've seen get scratched in, mm-hmm. in one hand in, in night hunts. Um, I can tell you that, 90% of the cast I, I'm on, I don't ever see an argument. I mean, never. No. And I've never seen an argument in a pro classic. Never. Um, because the guys are, they know what their dogs are doing, and and, and uh, 
and really, I mean, like the Tournament of Champions, not one off word got said the whole time yeah. out there at that Tournament of Champions. And not not one time, like even in the crowd talking to people, I didn't hear any bad things. Um, the sport's growing, and, and it's like Scott said, it's an industry. It's becoming an industry, and... That's and, uh, that's key to this sport's survival is the fact that it is an industry. Mm-hmm. This where where we've lost in pleasure hunters and hide money and things like that, we've picked up in the hunts. And if people would just embrace that and look at it differently, because it's not it's not dying, it's different. It's just different. You know, it's not the same as it was in the eighties and nineties and the forties, fifties, sixties, whatever, whatever decade you want to go to, even even up until 2015. I mean, the last eight years have changed, seven years have changed this sport greatly, immensely. Look at what all's happened in just the last five years. Yep. And so until we start looking at it as a business, because it is, I mean, it's all a business now. Everything takes money to run. Yes. And that kennel club has to make money to keep its doors open. Yeah. They've got employees. They've got they've got money going out, just like they have money coming in. Um and of course, they have to make more money. And we all have our complaints with UKC, PKC, Pro Sport, you name it. We've all had our complaints, but they're such good people that are run that run all that. Roger Dale's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Gingrich and Trevor are good people. Yep. Uh, Greg and Scott are doing a fantastic job at Pro Sport. Yes, they're going to make some mistakes, and yes, they're going to do some things I disagree with. The leash lock, Roger Dale, and a few other things, but we still love them. We love them. <laughs> it's. It's, you know, it's 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 human nature. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to make everybody happy. You know, that's just the and way I'm, it is. I've been on PKC's butt just as much as anybody in this planet in the last couple of years, and they've done a they've really done a lot, especially this year. You know, look at what Moody and them guys are doing with that big hunt there. Uh, they're gave us PKC zones. They're they're doing things. They're trying to help. Uh, they want to see the sport grow, and they because if PKC wants to do well both financially and for the sport. Otherwise, if they're not doing well for the sport, they're not going to make it financially. They're going to listen to their members because yeah. without their members, they don't have it. A- exactly. Now, do we get mad because we say they don't listen to us enough? Well, maybe they're only listening. We're mad because they're not listening to just us. Personally. I had so many people call and ask me, why didn't La Plata or Memphis or one of them places have a uh, zone for the world hunt? Well, think about it, guys. We're, uh, we're five hours from the world yeah. hunt. Think about the guys that drive 14, 15, 16 exactly. hours to get to that world. That was the whole point of zones was that to was spread the, it out yes. away from Salem to where people didn't have to drive so far. And take pressure off of the Midwest that has yeah. all these hunts all the time. You know, uh, back in, I don't know when it was, but they asked Eldon about having nationals at La Plata. Would it be awesome? Yes. But we already have the Bear Creek. That's 100 dogs a night. Yeah. 60 to never know. But the landowners, they're nice enough to let us go and go hunting wherever we want. You start packing a bunch of dogs here and outside mm-hmm. people, you're going to start losing hunting. Yep. And, uh, you know, we have the 64-dog hunt there in December, which is an awesome hunt. I love that um, hunt. You know, we've only had one pro sport hunt in the area. I think, uh, you know, we could – I think we ought to get a couple more pro sport hunts up there. I think there's talks, there's talks of them coming back. I like that hunt. I like that format. I know one thing. It's like Eldon said. Eldon said he really likes the rules, and I like the rules. And, and, and the good thing about, like, having Eldon – and the guys that I hunt with, my my average age of guys that I hunt with or people I hang out with, they're 45 years old. Yeah. You know, they can't, Eldon's like, I can't keep up, you know, in the in the pro sport stuff, um, the way the leash, we walked in a lot. And, and 
and that's great and and i like the rules because it's set up for my style hunting i like to ram and jam and go and but there's there's so many different deals out there i think the rules all should not be the same so no we want to be different keeps it for everybody you know um well i've preached a million times that this is the most inclusive sport on the planet you can literally start it with an old dog from the pound and a flashlight Mm -hmm. and you could finish it with a hundred thousand dollars win at at a hundred thousand dollar event i mean there's there's so many levels to this and we want to make sure and keep everything a little different we don't want to just be uh, you know the pro classic guys competing and then that's it and for some reason people think that it's getting towards that but i just don't i'm not seeing it you know there's still so many different ways for people to work themselves up into this and i want to make sure and keep it that way I mean, the, the the coon dogs kept me self-motivated and kept me out of trouble when I was mm-hmm. kids. They do, it, coon hunting's been a blessing to me. I mean, it's done it's done so much for me. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I you know, like when I met Henry, uh, which is kind of getting off subject, but what I, just like when I met Henry, uh, you know, the wife and I had prayed about going to church and what church we want to go to when he's living over west. Well, when I met Henry to buy the house there, you know, he invited us to church. Well, that... That opened up the opportunity to to go into church at Downing and and uh, and being have a better relationship with yeah. God and and uh, and things in life too. You know, that's it's done it's done more than just uh, gave me exercise. I should say. Well, I it's suppose a, I suppose there's an element to that to almost oh look what traveling softball has done for me or look mm-hmm. what football has done for me or whatever but i don't think there's anything like hunting with hounds and the friendships that it brings because if it wasn't for these dogs i wouldn't know who zach McBee was no i wouldn't be best friends with jed finley and and all that stuff uh me and my brother would probably get along uh <laughs> <laughs> you can drive about anywhere in the united states and know somebody exactly you know? and, and they'd all come help you look at my what i can do now because i don't hunt on the weekends because i have the kids mm-hmm. and you know now that i'm i'm traveling and i'm you know it's just me and the kids i want to make sure and spend every waking minute i can with them so yeah i take them coon out and stuff when i'm home but i can literally i'm lucky enough that i i work for a coon hunter (laughs) but i throw dogs in the truck i travel all over the country and i can make a phone call anywhere i go if i'm in oklahoma i can dial up lane denny say hey i'm I'm in town i'm gonna go hunt tonight yep if i'm in south missouri i call yan or if i'm in arkansas call aaron crow or brent robertson or somebody like that i got friends everywhere through this sport and i'm always just one phone call away from either getting help if i need it or getting a place to hunt or whatever and i don't think there's anything else quite like that Brent's another good guy that's uh, yeah. you know I met through Coonhunting and yep. not that's a that's a that's a good dog. Brent's a good dog. That's a He's good dog. He's reproducing. He is. That's a good dog, man. I like Eagle too. I like Eagle's mouth. I like I like them both. That pup I got in the kennels uh, out of Eagle's mom. Yeah. And uh, I had I had a bout of bad luck. I I got two of those pups off of uh, Doug Layton's female and and it was one of those I made the cross and then I went and bought two pups back and. Brought, brought him home and one of them got sick and died yeah uh the the blanket back red headed the one i was really fond of died <laughs> the little lemon headed i i uh i texted a picture to dustin weed and said uh i've got the next ugly one at my house <laughs> i mean he's a spitting image of z is he oh yeah he's got that the uh, little ugly dog the light tan head yeah. and the black eyes and and uh got a monster mouth and 
He's in. I think he's in Duclaws. He's got her all. All right. <laughs> he's got the old throwback stuff. Oh coming yeah. Out. The bird dogs coming out any minute. He's got it all. Yeah. That English pointer from back in the day. He's coming out. <laughs> Turning loose. He's four months old. He's so wiry. He runs into the barbed wire fences. Gets cut up. I mean, he oh, is yeah. hundred miles an hour, man. I, here's a good story on that. We take the kids out the other night and cut. Yeah, I like to go out before dark with these pups. I. I I do too. People are going to say I'm crazy, yeah. but I honestly think a pup's about half scared of the dark. Yeah. I get more done in the daylight um, early in the morning and, and late of an evening uh, than you can at night. Like my pup down there, she's ran and treated multiple coons right at dark, but then she acts like she's a little quirky at night. Yeah. Um, anyways, I, I take the kids out and... It, my boy, he goes in the cornfield and tr- tries to go to the bathroom in the cornfield and gets it all of his pants. <laughs> I'm frustrated. I took. They wanted to take this puppy. You know, we call him Smoke. Uh, he looks like he has a smoky head. But anyways, they love Smoke. Well, we're gonna take him. Why don't you put a tracking collar on him? He's a little puppy. You know. Yeah. Well, my boy's he's soiled his pants. He's got it all over him, and he's about five rows out in the corn. I can't see him and he's screaming, Dad, come help me. So I'm out there trying to mess with him while I lose this pup. I can't find this pup anywhere. Didn't put a tracking collar on it. I got a tracking collar on the other pup and she's down the other direction. I drove around, drove around. The kid in the seat was crapping his pants, stinking. My wife went with us. She's irritated. Finally found the pup. That sucker went clear through a whole section. I couldn't believe it. I'm going to just let him run around the house here. Yeah. He was gone. Thought, well, it's not turning you loose without a tracking that, collar. I was that. about half stressed out. I called Kurt. Kurt owns him with me. And that's, I called Swanson. I said, Swanson, we got problems. I don't think I'm going to find this pup. How do you find a little pup that's gone? Yeah. You know, you're out in the middle of nowhere. You turn it and it's gone. It's not going to bark on a track. It's not going to tree. Where are you going to find that? But, I remember I had the same thing with Delta. I remember she wasn't, but three and a half, four months old the night. When I when I get my pups out, I mess with them at dark, in the dark, and I that's how I kind of acclimate that to them. But I do a lot of daytime mm-hmm. stuff with them too. But most of my activities with my pups are at dark. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't get them out. I don't live, if I if they're running loose, I put them in the big running pen. Uh, I'll open that running pen at dark and let them run around. Yep. You know, and all that stuff. But I turned Delta loose with Duds one night, and Duds was always so exciting. He made everything sound so exciting. Great dog to start pups with. <laughs> but he just sounded like every time Duds opened his mouth when he was young, he sounded like he was staring at something. Mm-hmm. And so I turn him loose, and he leaves. And shes I don't expect her to go with him. I don't have no tracking collar on or nothing. And she's just running around out here. She's having a good time. She's been in the truck some, and she's been out in the woods some. But this is her first outing at dark with another dog. And he gets in there about three or 400 yards and opens. And she perks her ears up and off she goes i think well she'll go in there a little bit and i didn't see her again for three days <laughs> she showed up at a showed up at a guy's house about two miles from where i cut loose two days later and then i went and got her and i thought you know that's the last time she gets turned loose without a tracking collar <laughs> yeah. i went and bought them mini collars put on them pups yeah uh, yep. and i don't know i i just like messing with the pups i, I just like too. a young dog i like to see him improve um i don't like polishing on old i do it you know because i like to make sure my dog's ready to compete but the polishing on the old dogs you know hazel's seven years old uh rain's eight years old almost you know they don't that doesn't do nothing for the me. hardest thing in coon hunting in these competition hunts is keeping a dog right yes yeah that's I way harder than starting a pup when you get a dog say i get a dog and i've put that first coon season on and i've really really pounded it mm-hmm. when i come out of the gate with that dog i'm gonna win yeah and i'm gonna win a lot with yeah. the dog and that is where i've had the most success um 
is with dogs right out of coon season that I've just first yep. trained. They haven't created any bad habits yet. They've, yep. <clears throat> they've, you know, riding in the truck three hours is fun for them. Getting out and yeah. doing things. You know, they a dog a dog that's smart is harder to train than a dog that's dumb. It's harder honestly. to keep. It's harder to keep trained. Yeah. Yeah. It's it uh, a dog that's uh, wild and got a lot of. You know, it's like one that'll just gobble its feet up in five seconds. Yeah. Those dogs, they'll ride up and down the road a lot yeah. better. They just will. A dog that's a finicky eater, it's hard to... I uh, think I'm going about it differently from now on, that once that dog shows its first sign of burnout, I'm done. Done. I'm not going to mess with it no more. Uh, I spent too much time with Dollar Duds, Con, and numerous others. Uh, once once they are showing signs that they're not right and this is it, I'm not... Because that's the hardest fight in the world. And I'm the world's worst at it because the worse yep. they look, the harder I hunt. Yep. I'm the same way too. And I'm, I've tried, but Zach, to be honest, I've tried it both. I've tried them. I've tried laying them up. I've tried hunting them out of it. I've tried everything. And in my opinion, once that dog loses its consistency, it's never going to fully get it back. Now you may get it back for a week or two. You may get it back for a month or two, but that's all going to come back out again. It's like pushing a kid up and down the road on a travel ball team. Yep. You know, eventually they're going to get sick of it. Yeah. Start acting out. Yeah. You know, I I think once they they start burning out, I'm just God willing, I can have another one behind them, which that's no easy task either. That's what's made it so nice about these pro classics. You can go out and and put big titles on dogs and let them win a bunch and not have to go. Yeah. And you can as do it. Much. You can do it in two casts. Yep. You know, it's not like winning a world hunt where they're on the road for a week or something like that. Now they're hard cast to win, but you, I mean, you can keep your dog right. It's still impressive when you see a dog that's won, made a platinum champion off open money. That's no, impressive. That's hard. I mean, you, you look at these dogs like, uh, you know, you think about yeah, uh, how hard is it's hard to make a silver champion in open money. Think about like Ruby, uh, Kitty's Ruby dog, uh, Peaches, all yeah. of them. They didn't. They won three hundred, five hundred, yeah. four thousand at the most at the time. You know, if they won the world hunt, yeah. But those dogs, uh, you know, even all of them yeah. all of them that's that that's been up there they they didn't win them at four thousand dollars at a pop what would meltdown have done if they'd only hunted him in the pro classics there wouldn't have been another dog even close no to him. he'd have been a million dollars he he would i think i honestly think that dog would have won a million dollars in his you career. know when when dustin was winning all them uh them open events with him and stuff michigan madness and yeah. i just remember seeing that uh a lot of people say, well, he can't win a major event. He can't win a major event. Well, he did. Yeah. He won a truck, and then he started winning, you know. Uh, just think of how many. I'd like to know how many cast winners. I wish that I wish uh, we could put post on uh, cast winners, you know. Who's yeah. got the most cast wins? Yeah. And I think, because oh, I know that would be a lot of work at the oh, ladies at the ton, office. Ton but I would still would love to know. And I've mentioned that before, too, because the emphasis is not on the money one anymore. I mean, dogs are winning a couple hundred thousand dollars now a year, and they're not doing it in the same amount of cast that dogs won ten thousand dollars mm-hmm. with, you know, just just ten years ago. That's why, like, I called Brandy, and Brandy sent me a. And that's the only reason I know how what hunters got for wins is because I called Brandy, and she sent me a, uh, a printed email of yeah all the places I'd went and hunted, and heck, you get to looking at that. Gee whiz, I went a lot. How many cast wins does hunter got? Well, there's there's like a hundred and eighty something on that yeah. one sheet. I'd have to go get it. It's in my office. It's like four or five, uh, four or five, um, you know, twelve font straight yeah. down wins. Uh, 
So a hundred. Those wind slips are out there on that uh, nailed up there on that board. They're they're pretty thick. A hundred and eighty some cast wind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've won. I haven't won hundred and eighty casts in my life. If you. Uh, the crazy thing is, you take that at uh, seventy-two dollars a pop. That's not much money. Uh uh-uh. uh that's like uh, I'm gonna give Ed I was, po- it, you I'm know, give Ed Post shout out Hardwood Harley's over here yeah. in Ravana. <laughs> yeah, and you, that is a dog, and that's another dog that would reproduce if someone would breed to him. Mm-hmm. He got in the top one hundred of the UKC world. I think is the biggest thing he ever done. But he's dang near silver champion or a silver champion, and never won anything. But I think his biggest win was probably a hundred and ten dollars. It's what you know, Henry Blessing's rage female. Yeah, same thing with her. Yeah, she won a bunch. If you, I was just thinking about, uh, you know, running the National Pup of the Year race. I was at a hunt at least four or five nights a week that year, um, and it was it was mind boggling and and it was a lot of work. But that was the year they come out with the thirty dollar double headers, mm-hmm. and and I would mark down. I'm gonna win 144. Yep. You know, and I'd be disappointed if it was a if $56, yeah, $54 split, $63. Yep. I'm like, dang it, I didn't win 144 and, and I don't remember what I won that year, 5000 I think. But it was, a, it was a go now. It's like, oh, heck yeah. Won See, I, don't, I, can't even, I can't even stand to run for a truck ticket. You know, I don't. I, I, I ran for a truck ticket one time with Colin when he's a three-year-old, I think. And I won like my first six casts, and I lost my seventh one because, and I got mad about how I lost it. It was kind of a BS way how I lost it. And then uh, <laughs> I was just like, and I wasn't having any fun. I, I made Jed ride with me and all of them to make sure we had a full cast, and he was hunting blinking. So if we had two casts, a lot of times he'd get a win, I'd get a win. Those were two pretty nice dogs at that time. Mm-hmm. And so we'd throw. We had my wife's. My ex-wife's Sienna, Toyota Sienna minivan that got better gas mileage, and I didn't want to tear my truck up going up and down the road, so I threw two crates in the back of that minivan. I drove Jed around all them hunts for about two weeks, you know. <laughs> that, that was the big thing, you know, going to um, when Hunter started out, and I was winning early and late with him, you know. That was, yeah. a, that was a big thing to me if I could do double up, you yeah. know, double up, double up. I was so worried about doubling up. Uh, it's like drive. I got a truck ticket on drive twice. She yep. come in heat both times, never got to take her. Uh, fancy. She had a truck ticket two or three times. She come in heat, didn't no. get to take her. I've never got a truck ticket, and I've only tried one time, and I got so mad after two. I was leading the race when I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I was leading the monthly race, and $30 on so I just said, I'm good. <laughs> I, uh, I, got, I got beat pretty bad. Well, Hunter got out of pocket at the truck hunt down there, and uh, Shifter was, Alvis was hunting him, and mm-hmm. he treed three coons i think and he'd went back to a tree earlier in the cast and uh doug got so mad at me over this which he probably should have <laughs> um shifter was gonna go back to that tree again and i i withdrew doug's like yeah why didn't you see it that dog well to me the dog treed three coons and beat me i didn't want to see him get scratched because no i wouldn't want he, he treated three coons you know i mean bud hood was our judge bud's crawling across the logs didn't need to be anyways you know he he'd done a lot for pkc and judged a lot and walked a lot and crawling across them logs because the water is deep down there and i'm like i know that's uh, you know he went back to that tree and we and i just said i'm just gonna withdraw you know i wasn't gonna give him a chance to go back again doug's like i can't believe you did that <laughs> well 
I'd like to say I wouldn't want to win like that too, but probably at the truck hunt in the earlier, I probably wouldn't. You know, I'd, I'd have done the same thing you did, but we're in the final four of a something, or uh, we're in the world. I'm probably going to just make sure that dog doesn't go back to that well, tree I've again. Done, I've done some bonehead moves, but <laughs> it is what it is. You know, I think the dog trees most going to win. Yeah, and you know, that's one myth that gets perpetuated a lot is 90% of the time, the dog that trees the most coons does win. Oh, yeah. It's pretty rare that you sneak by on a win. Now, don't get me a good handler can do it every now and then. Uh, give their dog or you'll catch a break or you'll get lucky, but it's so rare. It's like that night. Hunter was only 500 yards and I couldn't hear him. He was over a big hill. He sat yeah. down there and treed the whole night. There ain't anything more frustrating than sitting there with your garment in your hand. Knowing your dog's been treated since the first five minutes of the hunt, you can't get him treated in and a dog's treating yeah. coons around you. Yep. And you're thinking, why in the world did that dog go clear out of pocket to do that when he can treat coons right here? That's just like that dog at Junior's in, in Texas done the same thing. He wasn't very far. That's a good yep. coon dog, too. Yep, yep. And he wasn't very far. That one and, come from Shawnee Knowles, too. Yeah, that's a good dog. I like that dog. But he, uh, Clifford's dog just in there treating. And, and I know he's treating. Clifford knows he's treating. But there ain't nothing we can do about it. I'm a non-hunting judge. I said, Clifford, I can't hear him. He said, I know. I can't either. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's it. That's what I've been he doing. He sat in there for two hours. I've been really focusing on uh, getting Bonnie to treat them coons right in there. But yeah. I've been switching up my style of hunting and switching up how i'm hunting her and uh i've been hunting fence rows and little places you know yeah. normally that i wouldn't turn the dog loose it's full of coons making them stand there and treat them coons because she don't like to treat kitten coons yeah um so i'm getting her in there and, and doing some things like that now it might end up messing things up later on i don't know it's like they when the acorns got down last year you know i struggled with her right there at the acorns and, Man, once I got her to tree them layups and them acorn cones, she was tough. Man, she was tough. Right yeah. there about the world hunt zones. <laughs> she never left left a 60-yard circle on that 875. I mean, she just <laughs> – I kept turning her back loose, and she'd go back in there. And I thought, what are you doing? Bang, tree. Yeah. Turn her back loose, go back in there. Well, what are you doing? Bang, tree. Sometimes our dogs are smarter than we are. Eldon wanted to kill me over that hat. I got the cast one. I can't wait. Yeah. The only way I can lose is to tree a slick tree. And there's five minutes left. I treat her. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, well, on these UKC things, if we get a high score the first night, you know, you might not even have to win the next night. Yeah. So I went ahead and treated her. You know, I had confidence in her. And she had another coon, but Ellen's like, I cannot believe you did that. <laughs> I did that a couple times with her, and Ellen's just shaking his head. You know, he wanted to strangle me. Oh, yeah. That's not what I taught you when you was a kid. <laughs> you know, because they always said, who cares what, how many coons you, you, you tree, you know, just stay in the winter circle. And I do that. Don't get me wrong. But in that deal, I'm thinking, man, there's a lot of good dogs up here, and there's a lot of coons, and the coon movement was right. Yeah. It's going to take a big score for one night, and you can't always guarantee your dog's going to win both nights. No. So I was gambling on it, you know, and she ended up winning the next night, and she, uh, she, uh, she gutted us on that cast. Uh, first first tree she made she was at a mile and a half yeah we cut her loose and i i don't even know why she did it but it was crazy she went in there a mile and a half tree to coon i get her off that tree i cut her back to the other dogs she goes past the other dogs they were still down by where the truck was a couple hundred yards away from in the timber where they should have been she goes past them another three quarters and gets treated again so now she's done went a mile and a half that way and now mm -hmm. back a mile and a half and now three quarters now we've walked back to where they're at she's in their tree i cut her off of that and she gets in this river and she goes like a mile and a half again gets treed which you didn't need a tree in a hunt i told eldon i said i don't know what she's doing you would have thought she's wore down from the night before but she was rolling 
I'll tell you what, some of them dogs when they get wore down run more than it take people don't understand, it takes more energy to tree sometimes than it does just move cross country. Especially she, if it's easy running. When she had that coccidiosis just like there at the the UKC at the tournament of champions, she didn't want to tree because when she treed they ended up getting in her in her stomach and, and kind of making lesions. Well, that's what yeah. made her have blood in her stools. But when she treated, it hurt her diaphragm. You could see it yeah. physically hurt her diaphragm. She just, she didn't want to tree, you know. Uh, I know when Bella would spend, she spent most of her time on the ground when she's wore out. I could go out in the kennel. I can bring her home, go out in the kennel and give her about five cc's of lixitonic. And the next night you can't keep her in pocket. Yeah. That stuff is, it's a good vitamin, but it, uh. I need to give some to Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> she's in pocket too much sometimes. You, uh, you give it to her, and she's wild. Or yeah. that canine dying, that's yeah. another deal. She gets a little bit goes a long way. She's not a big eater, which drives me nuts about her. But you, she's one of them. You get done with the hunt, you put her in the dog box. She never goes to the hotel yeah. with me. But um, I just I just uh, put food in her dog box, and she just eats all day long. That's just yeah. her style. She's not a gobbler. She don't eat a lot. That's way Duds was, too, and Con put Con eat whatever you put in front of him as fast as he can get it down. Hunter never ate good until he's three years old. Yeah. Once he hit three years old, he eats like a machine now. That's good. He's the first one to eat out there in the kennel. Um, Duds is like 37. He still don't eat good. The fraud female we have just gobbles the feed. Yeah. She is. A, she's an eater. But I like those ones when you're hauling them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easy. I'm looking forward to the, the pups coming up. Uh, I'm going to try to train this one I got in the kennel and keep hunting fraud and and uh, see what happens. We we got some good crosses that we made. Uh, Paul Miller brought a bitch over um, that he, I guess, you know, he doesn't own the female. Uh, Lance owns her, and uh, she's out of, uh, goes back to Jack and Jill and, then mm-hmm. Bush, and Bushwhacker. I'm really yep. looking forward to that cross, and uh, I got a guy that's going to bring a Zeb 3 female breed. That's going to be We're interesting. Gonna see what that's going to do. Yeah. Um, I've been talking about breeding that curly female. Um, Talk to Justin on that. Chet Trentzel, curly female. She's yep. been a reproducer. Yep. You know, yeah. So been. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to build onto the kennel so I can buy some pups off these boys. Well, there you go. <laughs> give, you, give you something to do in all your free time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, I'm hunting one out of Josie, and people's wondering why I, you know, I would even – uh hunt one out of other stuff they probably think i'm i don't think my stuff's good enough but he's out of uh she's out of hunter's litter mate sister and josie yeah. but it doesn't matter to me i'll hunt i'll hunt your stuff my stuff anybody's stuff i like it you yeah, i'm um, the same way well i say that but i gotta like it you know i just gotta like it as long I, as you like it it makes it fun I, I i absolutely love this pup down here that's out of josie yeah. good getting a lot of good feedback on the got, josie pups got two uh we got kirk and i have two older pups that are seven months old at his house that they're like labrador retrievers they're so smart yeah and uh they're just not mature enough to hunt they're out of uh, robert burns's female and uh, hunter yeah we're gonna put some time into them this fall and uh the josie pup i'm gonna hunt pups eldon's gonna he likes to pleasure hunt he's a uh, you know at the age now he's retired he's gonna he's gonna go to hunting this fall and i'm gonna hunt these pups and see if we can't get another one well i hope you do zach we're gonna wrap this up been at it for a while I appreciate you sitting down with me. Is there anything you want to mention before we shut her down? Nope. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I had a good time. We're going to have to do this again one of these days. Yep. I'm going to come over and go hunting when I ain't got nothing to do for two days after. We'll have to rig these uh, microphones up and cut the dogs loose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll get my camera over here. I want to get the 
get the uh, camera over here and get some hunter stuff anyway. Yep. Turn old hunter loose and let people hear him and see him tree and put it on the YouTube channel or something like that'd be fun. Tree TV. Yeah, there you go. Let's go coon hunting, boys. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I I talked with Kurt the other day. I'm trying to get all that old tree TV footage and get it digitized and get it on YouTube for folks to see because that was pioneering stuff. Yeah, it's just like when um, Brian did it too, you know, yeah. on the Legends. Yeah. I, I still watch that stuff. Oh, yeah, it's cool. To me, you know, I was at that age, I didn't... Um, the Elvis attack video, yeah. where you seen that look, dog with yeah. all them things. Looking back on it, you didn't get to appreciate it, and 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 uh, now but, there's but, so much content out there. We're just, you know, we're it, we're blessed by it, but it's also you're not as appreciative when you do get to see a it. lot of them dogs. You know, you don't know that they're going to reproduce. Jess Dickerson told me this. He said, Zach, you won't know how good of a reproducer hunter is until he's dead. Yeah, and he might not reproduce. I don't know, but you know, it's just like them dogs. A lot of them dogs that's on that video now, we know what they've reproduced, yeah. and I'm wanting to sit there and watch them yep you know so no it's we'll, cool uh, well no so i appreciate you having me all it was right fun. i appreciate it too zach thanks for sitting down with me and uh we'll get together again one of these days sounds good thanks. all right thanks zach all right ladies and gentlemen that's it for zach and i did want to mention that i have no idea who sings our intro song uh it's called maggie the mutt i got it from a website that that sells uh, non-copyright music. Uh, I loved it the first time I heard it. A lot of people that are listening to this podcast love it as well, and they can't get it on iTunes or YouTube Music or whatever they listen to because, frankly, they can't find it. I've actually emailed the person that hosted the song on the website that I got it from and asked him for the creator, and I have no response. And I'll bet you... I get 20 to 25 messages a week wondering who wrote the song. If anybody knows, I would love to know because I wouldn't mind having it on my playlist as well. So I don't know. Uh, wish I did. Uh, fantastic artist, at least for that song anyway. So uh, maybe they maybe they have working dogs and they're going to reach out. But uh, yeah, if anybody knows, I would I would love that info. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we really appreciated bringing it to you, and we'll see you next week. She'll never die of starvation, although she'll never eat. Maggie, the mud full of bravery and guts, and always at my Showing a howl is long, but she refuses to die. Maggie will live 100 years longer than I. Maggie, the mud's always down in a rut, looking for some bone that she buried. The mud don't get scars, only cuts She loves me and will not share me Oh, she loves me and will not share me
prepare me 